Okay. Hi, hi. I didn't see get ready Identity in Christ part two. Okay, so we're going to talk about tonight sonship versus orphan spirit and how you see and know God and how you see yourself in relationship to him will kind of bring out in your own life or manifest in your own life a, either a spirit of orphanship, an uh, orphan spirit, like a, a slave mentality, or it will bring out in your life um, a sonship. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Um, I said this in I said this verse at the last week, and I'm going to say it again because I find it really, really important for identity. And I said last week that we all have the fullness of God right now. So God isn't this powerful force to be reckoned with. God is a person. So we have God, Father, Son, and Spirit right now the fullness of it all and in Colossians 2 9 to 10 it says for in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form and this is the key part of the verse and in Christ you have been brought to fullness okay so that for me is the crux of our identity that we are right now we're in fullness um, so I've got this little story, um, analogy. So just say, after the talk tonight, I've got this pile of black suitcases, it's just here, and I say to each of you, um, I've got a gift for you all after the talk. It's in this black suitcase, and guess what it is? In each suitcase is $100 million. And after the talk, I'm gonna give you that gift. Okay, just from me to you, it's a gift. So after the talk happens, you're all about to leave and I hand you each a black suitcase full of $100 million. Now, if you receive my gift instantly, you become a multi-millionaire, right? Now, it's not the perfect analogy. <laughs> it's not the, probably the best analogy I can come up with, but to get my point across, when you receive God and his new life, a new abundant life, and you become positioned in Christ, the fullness of righteousness, the fullness of holiness is there in your life. All right? Just like I instantly gave you that suitcase and you took it, you instantly became a, a multi-millionaire. The same with God probably not the best analogy, but do you understand what I'm trying to say? The minute you receive God and his new life, you are fully righteous and holy, and you are created with a um, new spirit, and you're positioned in him. And I also mentioned last week, I'm just going to recap quickly before we move on. I also mentioned last week that we were never created to be the master of our own spirituality. Now, what, what do I mean by when I say that? I mean, we don't try and obtain our own holiness, our own righteousness. Um, that is a beautiful gift from the Lord. It's the gift of righteousness. And that's the key word, gift. You can't earn it. I can't earn it. 
it's by faith we've been given that gift and that gift it comes full in fullness doesn't come in like certain levels um, so as you go on in your Christian life if you attain this spiritual activity over here you attain more of God okay and I mentioned to you too last um, week that I was kind of under a, a religious lie for many many years and didn't even realize it until um, yeah the Lord started to show me some things and the lie was I must do something I must do a spiritual activity to gain holiness or to obtain holiness and that lie comes from the orphan spirit and we're going to talk about that and what that looks like and the practical implications of it in our lives um, tonight and it comes from a slave mentality you see God's love and acceptance as conditional and you feel that you need this is an orphan spirit you feel that you need to do something in a in a holy manner or you know some holy activity or some holy spiritual discipline to get his approval and we'll talk a little bit more about that too um, so that was kind of what I was under a little bit I thought that if I failed um, God wasn't pleased with me and that you know he he went up and down like this and I really didn't understand the goodness of the father and it's what Nathan was talking about the first week I didn't understand that I didn't have that foundation in my life and it's just been a very long 35 year journey but it's been a great journey to see um, that my heavenly father actually father me um, in these in this stuff um, I also mentioned that we've received Christ's benefits uh, 1 Corinthians 1.30 And because of him you are in Christ Jesus who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness, sanctification and redemption. So our, our sanctification, our righteousness, our wisdom, our, you know, what else do I say? Our redemption is all in the person of Jesus Christ. And that is where we're positioned. We're positioned fully in him. Um, now the word sanctification means a setting apart it means um, a setting apart of for holiness and purity justification is God removing our sin and giving us righteousness some people say it as justification just as if we never sinned um, I also thought it'd be interesting to bring up the word sin um, it's actually in the Greek called hamartia and hamartia in the Greek means missing the mark and so if you think about it as a true self in your, in your true um, new man hamartia sin is missing the mark on who you really are you know you're not understanding no here you are positioned in Jesus as righteous and holy but because there's a lack of understanding or a lack of belief or a lack of truth in your life, um, sometimes sin happens, hamartia, 
and you miss the mark. You go, hang on, God's thinking, no, that's not you. This is you. Okay? Um, sin's still a problem. Sin still has consequences. Um, but it's, it's, I think the realisation is when we're thinking about transformation and um, spiritual maturity and spiritual growth in the church, it's like we're waking up. Remember I talked to you about the Holy Spirit kind of waking up us up from slumber? He's kind of shaking us and waking us up from our slumber and saying, no, this is who you are. This is who you are. You are in Jesus and Jesus is in you. I talked about the vine and the branch and how there's no real joying. Um, Christ in you, you in Christ. Okay, so you're positioned in that righteousness. Um, sometimes we don't realise um, that the war has been won by Jesus and he's actually had the total victory on the cross. Um, you know, we as a church, we've just got to grow up and realise that what was done on the cross was done. And when Jesus says it's finished, it's finished. We don't have to add to it or take away from it. Um, everything has been done. Um, your sin has been cancelled and removed. The works of the enemy have been um, uh, conquered. Um, everything of destruction, all the consequences of sin, has, all sin has been removed, all consequences have gone. Uh, the, sin, uh, the law of sin and death um, has been eradicated. You're now under the law of the Spirit. Everything has been complete. Everything. And so now we, the church, as believers, are really waking up to what really has been done. And that's really the foundation um, that we have to get that truth into us. So the war has been won by Jesus, total victory. So when you start your Christian life, you start at victory. The Bible calls, you us, the Bible calls us overcomers, um, but we start our, our Christian life at victory. The problem is the war has been won, but there's still a battle. And the battle is really between our two ears, our mind, and the battlefield is actually the enemy. The enemy actually attacks us because the enemy does not want any of us to realize our true identity. If the church really woke up to who they really, really were, really, really are, um, yeah, it would be amazing. And that's what the Holy Spirit has been sent for us in our lives to counsel us, to teach us, to show us, to lead us. And yeah, we're becoming more aware of our true identity in Jesus Christ. Um, often the enemy will hook us with lies. He will say things like, oh, so you really think that you're the righteousness of God. Well, look at your life. It's such a mess. How could you be called the righteousness of God? All right, so the enemy will attack us with lies, hook us in with lies. Um, maybe we're going through something, um, you know, mental illness. And I talked about this last week, anxiety, depression. You know, he hooks us with that. Look at you. You're not the righteousness of God. You don't even have your act together. You're a mess. You're a total mess. But 
God and his word tell us that we are the righteousness of God. And we just have to learn to get right believing and understand the fullness of what Jesus has done for us and that that's the foundation of sonship. It is it's understanding what the Lord has done for us and that all his work is done. It's complete. I um, wanted to share with you Luke 15 because it's a beautiful story in the Bible. It's about, you'll know it, it's about the prodigal son. Um, but it, it just shows you um, the orphan spirit and the sonship very, very well in this story. Actually, this, this story, you could do so many sermons from this one little um, passage. But I'm going to use this passage to illustrate, you, illustrate to you what sonship looks like and what an orphan spirit looks like. So I thought I might read it because it's the word and it's good to read the word and we've got some time. So Luke 15, then Jesus said, once there was a father with two sons, the younger son came to his father and said, father, don't you think it's time to give me the share of your estate that belongs to me? So the father went ahead and distributed among the two sons their inheritance. Shortly afterwards, the younger son packed up all his belongings and traveled off to see the world. He journeyed to a far off land and where he soon wasted all he was given in a binge of extravagant and reckless living. With everything spent and nothing left, he grew hungry and there was a severe famine in that land. So he begged a farmer in the country to hire him. The farmer hired him and sent him out to feed the pigs. The son was so famished he was willing to even eat the slop given to the pigs because no one would feed him a thing. Wow, that's rock bottom. Humiliated, humiliated the son finally realised what he was doing and he thought, there are many workers at my father's house who have all the food they want with plenty to spare. They lack nothing. Why am I here dying of hunger, feeding these pigs and eating their slop? I want to go back home to my father's house and I'll say to him, Father, I was wrong. I have sinned against you. I will never be worthy to be called your son. Please, Father, just treat me like one of your employees. So the son, young son set off for home. From a long distance away, his father saw him coming dressed as a beggar, and great compassion welled up, swelled up in his heart for his son, who was returning home. So the father raced out to meet him. He swept him up in his arms, hugged him dearly, and kissed him over and over with tender love. Then the son said, Father, I was wrong. I have sinned against you. I could never deserve to be called your son. Just let me be. The father interrupted him and said, Son, you're home now. Turning to his servants, the father said, Quick, bring me the best robe, my very robe, and I will place it on his shoulders. Bring the ring, the seal of sonship, and I will put it on his finger and bring out the best shoes you can find for my son. Let's prepare a great feast and celebrate. For this beloved son of mine was once dead and now he's alive again. Once he was lost, but now he is found. And everyone celebrated with overflowing joy. Now the older son was out working in the field when his brother returned. And as he approached the house, he heard the music of celebration and dancing. So he called over one of the servants and asked, what's going on? The servant replied, it's your younger brother. He's returned home and your father is throwing a party to celebrate his homecoming. 
the older son became angry and refused to go in and celebrate. So his father came out and pleaded with him, come and enjoy this feast with us. The son said, father, listen, how many years have I been working like a slave for you, performing every duty you've asked as a faithful son, and I've never once disobeyed you, but you've never thrown a party for me because of my faithfulness. Never once have you even given me a goat that I could feast on and celebrate with my friends like he's doing now. But look at this son of yours. He comes back after wasting your wealth on prostitutes and reckless living, and here you are throwing a great feast to celebrate for him. The father said, my son, you are always with me, by my side. Everything I have is yours to enjoy. It's only right to celebrate like this to be overjoyed because this brother of yours was once de dead and gone, but now he is alive and back with us again. He was lost, but now he is found. That passage is a fantastic passage to illustrate the orphan spirit and the sonship. The father in the story is like your heavenly father. Isn't it amazing when that young son came back and the response of the father? I find that totally amazing. Holly next week is going to talk about grace. <laughs> There's grace flowing all through that, you know. That father didn't say to that son, where have you been? What have you done with the money? How dare you go and just waste it like that on reckless living? Nah, what did he do? He just embraced him, he hugged him, he kissed him. He was so happy that he had come back to the house. And um, not only that, he put his own robe on him. And we can also kind of illustrate that as the robe of righteousness that Jesus put on us. He put on his very robe. He put on us his robe of righteousness. And what I said to you at the beginning, it is a gift. Not one of us can even dare to, to earn it. Um, not one of us has the most excellent spiritual activities going on. Um, spiritual disciplines enough to earn that righteousness. Um, last week I said it was like poop. It was like manure. That's what Apostle Paul calls it in his letters when he write, writes to the church. He says that righteousness that you're trying to earn, it's like poop. You know, it's like a big pile of manure. That, that righteousness robe that, that Jesus puts on you is a pure gift. Um, and then he, he gives him a ring and it's a, and it's a seal of sonship. My, my son, my son has come home. And that's how God sees us. We're his sons, we're beloved. You know, he, he, he embraces us, he, he kisses us, he, he, he brings us home. He, all he wants is, is for us to be with him. And then he prepares, prepares a feast for us. He prepares that big beautiful banquet table for us to eat off, eat from. Everything that he has, we have. Isn't that amazing? Just what he, the father is like. But it's interesting how the two sons at the beginning of that passage had orphan spirits. If you think about the older son, he was in the mentality of I am a slave, I, I'm faithful, I will do my work, I, I always do my duty. 
and the young son became independent. He wanted to flee the house. He wanted to go off and do his own thing, be independent and um, take off and, and live, live selfishly the way he wanted to live. They both had an orphan spirit at the beginning of the story. The young son goes through a rock bottom event in his life and as he's sitting in the pig pen, he repents. Now, repenting is when we actually change our mind. So we're going this way, we repent, and we turn around and we go that way. It's not like, oh, sorry, I did the wrong thing, and then next week we go off and do the same thing. That's not repentance. Repentance isn't just saying sorry. Repentance is actually going this way, oh, no, I'm going the wrong way. And you turn and your whole life changes and you go in another direction. That's repentance. It's actually changing your mind um, to the state of your, the way you're living. Anyway, so this young son, he's in the pig pen and he has this repentance moment. And he thinks, you know what? My father has everything that I ever, ever wanted. Why did I ever leave home? Like even the slaves, they're so well looked after. They have so much and more. There's so much food in my father's house. What am I doing? What am I sitting here for? Like the slaves in my father's house are in a better position than I am right at this moment. So he takes off and he goes home. When his father <coughs> meets him and starts to put the robe on him, starts to give him the ring of sonship, it's then that the son receives those gifts and he's brought back into the house as a son. So the younger son went from an orphan spirit and found sonship. So it's a, just a beautiful story to show you the difference between an orphan spirit and, and having sonship. Um, the older son, the way he talked to the father, I'm not going in, I'm so angry that you have, you know, you're celebrating this reckless son of yours. I mean, what do you think you're doing? I mean, I've been out there doing my faithful duty all this time. He had such an orphan spirit. He did not understand and he did not realise that everything that the father had was his. If he wanted a feast, he could go and just go and do it. You know, he, if he wanted the robe, if he wanted the ring, he could just go and get it. Everything that the father had, but the son had no idea of being in the father's house, he had no idea of his sonship that he really had. And it not it interesting that we can be in the house of God and yet have an orphan spirit. I've been, I've been there and there's still things in my life that I can just pick up every now and then, whoa, what was that, yucky, you know? Um, so you can, be, you can be a believer in the house of God and still carry this orphan spirit. The orphan spirit is like you don't have an understanding that you have been adopted into the family of God. You don't have that foundational truth that you have <coughs> adoption. And so you see yourself out here when really you have actually got adoption into the family of God and you are a beloved child. So what is the orphan spirit? It's having a lack of understanding of the foundational truth that you have been adopted into the family of God and God is your heavenly father. You see God's love towards you as conditional 
and that you must work towards getting his approval. When you feel you have failed or fallen into temptation, you sense God's displeasure towards you. You must do holy activities or disciplines to get God to be pleased with you and to put him in a good mood towards you. The orphan spirit is all about your performance. That's the key word. The orphan spirit is all about your performance. Not about Jesus' performance, because we know from last week that Jesus' performance was perfect. And that's where we are. We're in Jesus' performance. The orphan spirit operates out of insecurity, is always jealous of others and in competition with them. And the orphan spirit receives their primary identity through possessions or physical appearance or through activities or position. They are not grounded in their heavenly father's affirmation, so they will seek affirmation from others or other things. Remember, our identity is not in our performance. It's actually in Jesus' performance. So sonship has everything to do with our, our identity in Christ. Um, it's actually, um, yeah, we are actually all the beloved son. It's funny because you often hear in the Christian circles, oh, God's got no favourites. Well, that's not true because we're all his favourites. We're all his beloved sons. You know, I'm his favourite. You're his favourite. You're his favourite. You know, we're all beloved sons. So I'm just going to hand out this sheet quickly. And we're going to go through it because I want to talk tonight. That was just like kind of like a recap, a little bit of a recap of what we did last week. Just want to go through this shirt, uh, this sheet, um, because on um, you have you'll see the heart of an orphan, and then you'll see the heart of a son, and um, and then in the middle is um, different aspects of our lives. All right, so the image of God. How do we see God? So the heart of an orphan will see God as a master. I must do, I must, you know, I must serve my master. The heart of a son will see his God, see God as a loving father. Dependency. This orphan becomes self-reliant. I can do this. I'll just use my own strength. Becomes independent. Um, father, give me my inheritance. I'm going to go. I'm going to, you know, go off and do what I want to do. <coughs> The heart of a son will be interdependent and acknowledges, you know what, Lord, I need you in my life. I really need you in my life. Now, as I go through this, if you want to talk about some of the things, you can. Okay, so this can be a little bit of an interactive time. If something comes up and you go, I don't understand that, then, you know, make some kind of sign. Um, because we can discuss this, okay? I'm, I'm going to read it, but you can, we can discuss this. Theology. We live... I have a question. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes! <laughs> <laughs> um, Hope I can answer it. Yeah, no, I'm sure you will be able to. Um, with the independent thing, yep. so that's being independent um, from God or independent from people, so like moving away from like fellowship type thing. Both, probably. Okay, so Both. That's a bit like just thinking that, I thought yep. the inter, inter, interdependent 
with the, the Holy Spirit, Spirit and the, the Triune God, but then with yeah. the wider body of Christ. So with like people as well. Yes, yeah. both. Right. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. Theology. Live by the love of law or we live by the law of love? Um, you could probably see that in the story of the adulterous woman who's dragged out into the public in disgrace and she's got all the Pharisees around her and they're about to stone her and they see Jesus and they say, well, what are you going to do with this woman? You know, she's just been caught in adultery, you know, under the Mosaic law, she needs to be stoned. And Jesus bent down and he started to draw on the sand and he said straight away, he said, okay, those of you who are without sin, I want you to throw the first stone. And he was still drawing on the ground and one by one, the Pharisees left. And Jesus stood up and he faced the woman and he said, where are your accusers? And then she said, well, they're gone. And he said, well, I'm not going to accuse you either, but I want you to go away now and, and live, with no, live a life with no sin. Um, so that kind of gives you an example of, do we love the law? And we will just, you know, this is it, you know? And I mean, the law is good, of course. You know, we want to have the wisdom of God in our lives and, and the laws of the land and the laws of God, you know, they keep that in that beautiful boundary. But the law of love is so much higher in how we see God and how we treat others. Security. Um, is our life often met with insecurity and a lack of peace? Or is our life just at rest and just peaceful, you know? Do we wake up in the morning and we go, gosh, Lord, thank you so much. You know, you've given me so much. You've given me life. And I'm just going to rest in you, you know? No matter what I face today, I know I'm not alone in it. I'm going to face it with you. Um, so you kind of have this undergirding of rest and peace in your life. It doesn't mean that you're not going to go through trials. But even when you go through those trials... This is undergirding of rest and peace when you go through them. Need for approval. Um, you strive for the praise and approval and acceptance of man. You know, that's, that's so important for you. That's the heart of the orphan. And the heart of the son, you, you, just, you just know that you're the beloved son and you're just totally accepted. And you don't have to prove yourself. You don't have to go through life, oh, you've got to make my mark, I've got to prove myself. You know that you've been saved by faith. You've been justified, you know. Motive for service. The orphan will um, have a need for personal achievement as, as you seek to impress God and others. Um, or you'll have no motivation at all to serve at all. Um, the heart of the son will serve... Um, but it's, it's a motivation by deep gratitude of being unconditionally loved and accepted by God. Yes, Nathan? Um, why do you reckon the orphan could have no motivation to serve at all? What's the mentality behind that? Is it I think, no yeah, I think because they're deficit of God's love in their life. You know, it's like when you, when you have that, that understanding and the full love of God in your life, it's um, it it motiv yeah it kind of yeah it's like an overflow in your life where you, it motivates you to go wow you know what can I do for you you know, whereas if you're coming out of deficit, with that lack of 
um, acceptance and love of God, very hard to, oh, I can't be bothered. To have the energy for it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sure. What's it going to do for me? You know? Yeah. yeah. Why bother? Yeah. 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 I guess so. Yeah. That makes sense. Motive behind Christian disciplines. I mentioned this last week. Um, an orphan spirit will say, it is my duty and I need to do it. Um, I'm, I'm going to earn God's favour and um, or they'll have no motivation at all. A bit similar to service. Um, but the son sees the, spiritual, the Christian disciplines as important as well. But they do it from a place of absolute pleasure. Absolute of gratitude and wow, I just want to read about you. I just want to... I just want to pray with you. I just want to just sit here quietly with you. You're right. So there's, I think also motives of purity will touch on this as well. You'll hear the language. So the, the orphan spirit will often use the words in their mind, I must, I should, I have to. Mm. A son will have words in his mind of, oh, I want to, I have to. I mean, I just want to be there. You know, so you can see the difference in languages, you know. Motive for purity um, must be, I must be holy to get God's favour. Um, because I, yeah. And then the other one is, I just, I want to be holy. It's a bit like when God says, um, what does he say? I am holy. What do you say? What's that verse? I am holy. Oh, yeah. He yeah. says, be holy as I am holy. Right. Now, if you re listen to a bit of Graham Cook, he did a beautiful um, explanation on this verse. He, saw, he says it's like the Father saying, as an invitation to us, be holy, like I am. Like you know? talked about when Jesus was sermon on the mount, right? He said, yeah. be, be therefore perfect as you have. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like this invitation, like I've, I've made you holy, I, you've got my righteousness, now just walk in it, you know? It's like this beautiful invitation, I'm holy, you do it too, yeah. Self-image, um, orphan spirit, uh, self-rejection from comparing yourself to others, it's very big in our world today, there's a lot of self-hate, a lot of self-rejection, a lot of comparing yourself. Um, a lot of social media can really pump that up. Um, but the son, son will have a positive and affirmed and be affirmed because you know that you have such value to God. Source of comfort. You seek... Do we have time to talk about this a bit more? Or have you got other stuff? No, no, no. Yeah. I, I just think some of these things would be good to get people's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, I've invited anyone who wants to say something. I mean, I can quickly run through them and then those that you want to discuss. Okay, alright. It's up to you. I mean, we can stop We can stop and discuss. Yep. Did you want to run through it yep. first? Yep, okay. We can go back um, and sources of comfort, um, counterfeit affections like addictions, compulsions, escapism, busyness, hyper-religious activities. That's the orphan spirit. The sun will just seek quietness and solitude and just rest in the pre Father's presence and love. There's no striving as a son, you know? There's no trying to prove yourself or trying to do, do, do to get approval. So you can see that common thread that's coming through as I explain the difference between an orphan and a son. 
peer relationships, competition and rivalry, jealousy towards others' success and position. A son, humble, loves unity, able to rejoice when others succeed. Handling others' faults. Um, an orphan will accuse and expose your sin um, to make them look good. A son will love covers, you know, they'll try and restore that person. Yes, you did the wrong thing, but let's, let's move to restore you. Yeah. Handling, um, <clears throat> handling others, oh, I did that one. Uh, view of authority, um, orphan, you see authority as a source of pain. You've got a lot of distrust, very hard to be under leadership. Um, a son um, is respectful, honouring. Um, you can see that ministers of God um, are good in your life. A view of admission is like um, when you're kind of like being reprimanded. Um, you have difficult receiving that reprimand. You, you must be right. So you easily get your feelings hurt and you're very, um, yeah, you don't like people who, who do that to you. But when someone in, as a son is reprimanded, they will receive that as a blessing and, they, and it's a need in their life because um, they want to, to grow and see like, oh, there's a weakness there. I want to grow through that. Expressions of love. Um, an orphan <coughs> spirit will, will be very guarded and conditional. You know, you'll base your love on others' performance and it's all about you getting your needs met. A son is open, patient, affectionate, and you can easily lay yourselves, your lives down for other people. You know, you don't have to have your agendas. It's not that you're a doormat, it's just that you don't have to have your agendas up and running. You can, you can have a, a time when you can lay your things down and go, you know what, let's do it your way, you know? Sense of God's presence, um, the heart of an orphan, we touched on this at the beginning, will see that God is conditional and if they fail, they'll see that God is very distant. A son knows that God is close and intimate. The condition of your life, an orphan will feel um, bound and in, under bondage or under oppression. The condition of the life of a son, they will know the liberty and the freedom they have and they can live free. Position in God, um, they feel like a servant and a slave, like the older son in the story. And a son will feel like a real son and daughter, a beloved son and daughter. Uh, vision, um, an orphan spirit will, uh, the earnest desire for some spiritual achievement and distinction and the willingness to strive for it. A desire to be seen and counted among the mature so there's a real spiritual ambition of striving to be seen you know I'm, I'm good the Sun um, vision is just is just to daily experience the father's unconditional love and acceptance and then be sent as a representative of his family of love of his love to family and others I loved what Aaron said on Sunday night mm. um, he said, I, I just feel that I've been stripped of position. I've been stripped of ministry and family. And when you, when you heard that man talk, 
I'm going, no, mate, you haven't been stripped of anything. In mm. fact, God has given you more. Mm. Because as he spoke, you just, you just heard the words of life coming out of his... Like it was like he, when he spoke, he was free. You know? He didn't have to have those things anymore in his life. He didn't care about position or ministry or, you know, I have to be a certain title in a church or da-da-da-da-da. You know, all those things were, were gone from his life. Mm. And as he spoke out the front, you could see his heart was just so free. That's a son. That's, that's a measure of a son. Future. You fight for what you can get. That's an orphan spirit. And then a son releases your inheritance. Sonship releases your inheritance. You know that what's the, what is the father's is yours. All the spiritual promises are yes and amen in Jesus Christ. And they're all yours. Yep. So as I've read all that out, is there anything that is sitting with you going, oh, wow, I don't understand that, or that's a surprise to me, or <coughs> anything that you want to discuss? Yes, Sarah? Um, with the love handling of his love covers, as she seeks to restore others in the spirit of love and gentleness, mm. so someone like looks all over you, it doesn't mean just like ignoring it and being like... Oh, a doormat? Yeah. No. Like, I feel like that can be like a really mixed... No. But like trying to deal with it but you don't really successfully deal with it yeah so then like bringing it to light can be like trying to make yourself look good or yeah i suppose it's just the running motivation in your life yeah. like sometimes people act like the doormat because they've got a lot of self-pity in their lives yeah. oh they're doing it to me again i'll just lay down my agendas and just do what they ask yeah you know so there's you've got to just be aware in your own life the motivations that are running through your way of thinking. Um, so if there's a real heavy self-pity spirit, mm. yeah, you'll become like a doormat. Oh yeah, I've just got to do this because that's what they want. But a son, it's more like they are so firm in who they are that if they know that if they lay down their agendas for others, they won't hit deficit. Yeah. So there's times in our lives when we've just got to say, like when you become a mother and you've got kids, <laughs> you'll find this out. Um, there's times in our lives where we've just got to lay down our agendas for our kids, yeah. you know? And um, it's not that I'm going to become a doormat for my kids to walk all over. It's just that as a mum, my firm, firm foundation as a son mm. or a daughter in God is I can do that because yeah. I know I know I know it's I'm not going to be hitting deficit in my life but it's a joy for me to give to others yeah. so it's it, I think it's I think it's what place are you coming out from like are you, are you holding that self-pity spirit oh I must lay my life down for others and be a doormat or is it it's a, such a joy yeah. such a joy to give to others you know mm-hmm. mm. Yeah, I was thinking about that reflection of loved ones as well. Mm. Um, in terms of when you mentioned doormat, like sometimes um, if you, like in relationships and stuff, if you kind of really want to help someone, then you can kind of become a doormat if they kind of keep taking yeah. sort of thing. Especially yeah. if I think you, if they're kind of 
um, taking from you instead of taking from God because God's an infinite force of love, I guess. That's yeah. what I've been thinking recently. Yeah. At least. That's a big one, James. Yeah. That is such a big one. Because if you, if you have a real pastoral heart in your life, um, and this has happened to me, you can walk alongside people, right? And just, I've got a real big pastoral heart and I've walked alongside people and um, it's got to a point where that person has just taken and taken and taken. And I had to learn the word no and I had to learn boundaries. So even a son, right, can say no to a person because if, if you're walking along someone who is in that position of just taking the life out of you, and it does happen, um, you can set a boundary with that person, right? In love, yeah. right? Because love, love isn't lovey-dovey. Mm. Love, love, love corrects, you know? Love sets boundaries. Um, <clears throat> so you can still set a boundary with that person and say, hey, um, I need to be real with you right now, but I sense that I can't keep this relationship going because I'm really the one, I feel like it's one-sided and I feel like I'm the one just giving, giving, giving and you know, I'm suggesting things to you but you're not really listening, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say, I, yeah, I just find that distinction hard to know sometimes. Yeah. And you're like, whether you should kind of keep loving them or whether yeah. you should kind of go, I, I know. need to either go to God or, yeah. like, leave me alone. I, 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 I do, I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I, I do yeah. hear you, James, because it is a really hard one and it's really fuzzy yeah. because you really want to help that person and you really want to be loving to them. Yeah. But you'll learn with maturity of when to set that boundary and when to say no, you know. Um, I think when... Um, Sometimes you can enable... Yes. what God is wanting to do in their lives because yeah. you're enabling yeah. as well. Yeah, good word, enabling. Right. Yeah, that's a good word, that's a good key it's word. Sometimes you're all hands-on, you're actually got your hands all over what the Holy Spirit's wanting to actually do in their yeah. life. So you've yeah. got to back off and let yeah. God do yeah. what he's just wanting to do. Yeah, yeah. And it's being in relationship with Jesus and having that, like asking the Holy Spirit, oh, is this yeah. what should I do here? Yeah. yeah. Having yeah. that dynamic. Because um, the times that I've said no to people in the past for various reasons, when it's been led by the Holy Spirit, they've gone, gone away and then messaged me later and said, I've never felt so loved in this and that. And I go, I said no. Yeah. You know? um, <laughs> mm. Yeah, because then they got. Yeah, because yeah. then they get, then they just fight. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Courtney, did you want to say anything? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, just with vision. And I think this is just one of those questions that, like, I feel like I get what the Heart of the Orphan writer is alluding to, but mm. just, like, in my head when I read it. So spiritual ambition, the earnest desire for some spiritual achievement and distinction, and the willingness to strive for it, the desire to be seen and counted among the mature, and then the heart of a of sonship to daily experience the father's unconditional love and acceptance and then be sent as a representative of his love to family and others 
So when I read that, like, mm -hmm. I suppose I struggle sometimes to put things in a box of good or bad. Mm -hmm. um, and like when I read like spiritual ambition, I go, oh, that's something I want. I want to be like, like obviously I see it in the inverted commas bad column and I go, mm. okay, don't do this, do this. Like that's what my mind does. Mm. But like I read that and I can understand that what's wrong with it is to desire to be seen and counted among the mature, like if you take that into the wrong lighting, it's like um, prove yourself mm -hmm. and um, it's about how you're seen rather than what's actually going on. Mm. But then like everything else in that box, I kind of go, oh, well, I want that stuff. Like I want to be spiritually ambitious mm. because that's how I'm going to encounter God is by like, you know, being hungry for that. Like, yeah. and the earnest desire for spiritual achievement. Like I feel like I don't, it's hard for me to put that in a box where I'm like, oh, don't want that. Oh, don't be that. Yeah. When I read it, I'm like, oh, I really want to be like, I like want to desire the gifts and yeah. I want to like um, yeah. be with God and yeah. experience that in a real way kind of yeah. thing. But see where the sun is feeding to get the spiritual stuff? Like he's, the sun is feeding on just daily experience with the Father's un unconditional love mm -hmm. and acceptance. So the sun... A son, a beloved son, will um, will spend time with God, knowing that that's just going to happen in their lives anyway. Yeah, yeah. You know, like what we worship and what we gaze upon is what we become. Yeah. And so the but the orphan spirit will do it independently and will strive for spiritual ambition on their own strength. They, they want to be seen to be mature. Mm. Um, uh, they want to be, you know, there with the, you know, the leaders. Um, but the sun... But we think, that, like, yeah, that's just, like, in my head. Yeah. I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. I guess just, like, in my head I go, I understand how to look at that. It's like we shouldn't, we shouldn't want to be like that. Mm. But there's also something in my heart that's, like, I feel like I'm encouraged to go oh like for example like I look at a guy, like someone like Nate mm. and I go oh I see like what he's like spiritually mm -hmm. that encourages me to want to be like that you know mm. what I mean and oh like, yeah so yeah maybe I'm just yeah. no that's not that's or? not that's not wrong no. that's yeah. not wrong like when you see another person up there up the front leading go wow that person's yeah, awesome you be yeah. Like that? yeah that's yeah. that's that's quite a natural reaction really I yeah. suppose but uh, but a son will see that um, come in uh, being transformed in their lives the more they spend time with God. Rather, yeah, okay. So they're not like, oh, to be like Nate, I need to start a teaching night or something. They're like, oh, I spend time with God and then I end up looking yeah. more like, well, like, so weird. <laughs> I'm like, hearing myself like, okay, yeah. weird example, but do you know what I mean? Like, we all want to be like Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, when you, like, you do the thing or yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's where you're feeding from. You know, like, what yeah. well are you feeding yeah. from? Totally. You know, like, okay, if you, if you have a desire to be a great teacher for the church and you look at Nathan and you go, wow, yeah, <laughs> I want to be a great teacher, yeah. right? I don't think there's a problem in that. It's just like, where, which well are you feeding from? Yeah. You know, like, only God can transform us and, yeah. like, his life in us starts to come out and we start to shine, you know? Yeah. So the more we feed and, and spend time with the Father and in his presence and 
you don't have to force it. Yeah. Mm. Like the way he has made all of us, like every body in this room is so different. Praise Jesus. Because mm. it'd be horrible if we were all the same. But the way we have been made and the way he has, you know, um, fingerprinted us in this world, when the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in us, he'll just come out the way we are. Right? So I can't be a Nathan up the front here. Mm. I can't. I can learn from Nathan. And I've taken a few little hints from him. But I can't be Nathan. Totally. You know? I can only be who I am up the front here. Yeah. So like as far as like where it distinguishes the being different, you're kind of saying that like as long as your heart Mm. is um, rooted in God, you really shouldn't have any like. I don't know if I'm really making it, I, sense. I suppose what I'm saying is a son doesn't strive. Yeah, okay, cool. A son doesn't strive yeah. to be. They just trust that by spending time with God, you end up in those things yeah. anyway. It would just end up happening. Yeah, cool. Yeah, cool. Can I jump in? Yep. Is that, is that right? Yeah. Um, I, I thought similar to what you've, what you've said to the section for, because mm. I thought that this part could have been worded a little bit better. So I was like, I want spiritual ambition. I yeah. want this desire to yeah. I want distinction and willingness to strive for it. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. I want all those things. Mm-hmm. Even the striving part, mm-hmm. I'm totally not opposed to that. It's mm-hmm. just why you do it. Mm-hmm. And I think if you read that little section in the context of the rest of them, it, it makes a bit more sense. Yeah. Because it's like, you just genuinely believe you don't have it and you have to take off this list to get it. Okay, you know yeah, I mean? totally. You just come from this place of, I just haven't earned it yet. I'm yeah. obviously not good enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why I need to start striving to be seen and counting on mature because look at me. So almost like mm-hmm. if all those things were under the heart <laughs> of the sun, they'd all be fine. I it's reckon. just that if they're not under the heart of the sun and they're through the heart of an orphan, yeah. then it's like, oh, I have to do it to become a son or something. Just trying to I become reckon. something. Yeah. 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 That yeah. makes sense. Yeah, is that fair with what yeah. you're saying to me? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, just with what you said last yeah. week with yeah. the, the righteousness, mm. so we're righteous by grace mm. and faith mm. from start to finish. Mm-hmm. So mm. the, and I speak from personal experience that being very good at the orphan mm. spirit. Uh, mm. Yeah, and you can reach your end, just like the, the sun reached the end, of himself, you can do that as a as a son working for righteousness, not even realizing mm-hmm. that you've done yep. that or that you're doing yep. that. It's a very but subtle. It is. It's a very subtle lie. And I was under it for years. Way yep. home is mm-hmm. always through Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's the way back. Yeah. For wherever you are, mm-hmm. whether you um, it's through Jesus. And that this verse um, came to mind. It's from Hebrews. It says, for the one who has entered his rest, his rest, capital H, has himself also rested from his work, mm. little h, as God did from his. Mm. So it's just like verse. God entered his rest mm. on the Sabbath, yeah. we can enter the rest. And it talks in that passage of Hebrews that it was done before the foundation of mm. the world. So we've been able to enter the rest. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. And it's um, yeah. it's that putting aside yeah. anything we bring. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like you're saying, it's all poo. Yeah. <laughs> it um, is. It is. And it it's is. and it's actually letting go of it. So yes, it's right. walking yeah. out yeah. 
not just with our words saying, yes, Christ alone, but then doing, yeah. actually saying, okay, I'm willing to yeah. let go. It's, it's such a subtle lie. Um, and you don't realise you're under mm. it until the light goes on and you go, why am I so worn out? Yeah. <laughs> why am I exhausted? And I just have no motivation to do anything, you know? Is, it, is that the equivalent to eating from the pig's food? Yeah, if probably. Like, yeah. Do you think you need to hit that point yeah. before you go? Total repentance. <laughs> How the heck did I get here? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think also too the heart of the orphan is really based on um, the foundation of it's your performance everything here is your performance the heart of the sonship just knows that they've been adopted into this family and they don't have to prove themselves like you've just been received I don't, what, what, I don't have to prove myself. No, no you just received. And so it's this foundation of, it's not your performance anymore. Mm. You know, you fi finally realise, oh my goodness, it's not my performance. Mm. It's actually yours, Lord, that I'm, mm. you know, that I'm standing in, you yeah, know. You don't keep working to keep no. yourself safe. No, no. <laughs> yeah. But then also, is there like, there's obviously a problem if you have a heart of sonship or whatever and you're invested in knowledge of your identity but then you don't have any fruit do you know what i mean yeah you take fear yeah. is that like a opposite end of the spectrum what did you say sorry like so one side is like you don't have proper revelation on being a son so you feel like you have to achieve it yeah but then not kind of what happens but my mind's just like i never know how to word things but like the other end of the spectrum kind of seems like um do you do know, yeah, you do know who oh. you are, so you just rest in it, but then it's like if you're not bearing fruit, I get you. You bad? become a lazy like, son in well, God's house. I see my identity. Yes, yes, and, um, yes. Oh, yeah, that, I can rest and I don't have to do a thing. Thank yeah. you, Lord. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think if, if it's a true repentance to sonship. Totally there will be a beautiful heart desire for you still to do good works. Yeah, cool. Like it's not saying that you're rested and you're not doing a thing, like yeah. lifting a finger for God. Yeah. It's, it's, but it's, it's, it's the mindset of where you're coming from, yeah. cool. you know, when you do those things. No, we're not to be lazy sons in God's house. <laughs> we're supposed to put ourselves out like this in out of our comfort zones and teach <laughs> everybody. <laughs> Yeah, being, cool. and, and it's effortless. It's, you know, it's not this, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Total freedom. Mm. Yeah. I don't, I don't have to prove myself to you anymore. Yeah. I don't have to prove myself to Holly and Jules anymore. Mm. You know, I don't even have to prove myself to God. Like, he just accepts me. You know, I'm his beloved son, well, beloved daughter, you know. Mm. I'm, I'm adopted into the family of God, mm. you know. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't have to go around 
blowing my horn. Mm. Look at me, look at me, look mm. at me. Um, what did they say? You need to know the heart of God. Oh, yeah. Because if you don't know that God is always good mm. and that he is loving and mm. merciful, mm. fully his, the blood of Jesus covers everything. Yeah. If when you're aware that you are self-righteous in any way, yeah. you'll read how Jesus, you know, Spirit will always lead us on paths of righteousness. Like he, yeah. he, that's he loves to do it. He loves to lead us in all truth. And the more we open up our heart and repent of silly, stinking thinking that we mm. go on in our minds, and you know the enemy is trying to hook us with, you know, mm. you're a mess, you're hopeless, da da da. da. Um, if we start to line up, you know, no, actually, no, the Bible says, actually, I am the righteousness of God. Mm. I, I might not have it all together. My, my, my life might be a mess, but I am the righteousness of mm. God, right? What we worship, what we gaze upon is what we become. Mm. Um, but the enemy will try and rob from mm. our identity. He's always trying to take. I said last week how he tried to tempt Jesus about his identity mm. he he robbed adam and eve of their identity that they already had <laughs> um so he doesn't he's not stopping today like mm. he's he's trying to rob the church of the beautiful bride of christ that she is mm. he's working overtime to to mm. stop us from seeing ourselves as that beautiful bride mm. with our groom jesus you know mm. and it's it's just for us to understand in our own lives as we go through life and we hit a, a bump and we go oh why am i reacting like that or why am i thinking like that mm -hmm. and just taking those thoughts and those actions to god and say god i i don't want to be like this i actually repent i just mm -hmm. want your ways and your son and and the beautiful sonship that you've given me i want that to be flowing through my life mm -hmm. you know um and I think just keep opening up our hearts to the Lord and allowing Him to do what He wants to do. It's it's the transformation comes. It, you don't have to force anything, you know. Yeah. I have another question. Mm -hmm. um, so you know when it says like you feel like a servant or slave in a position. So when I'm doing the screens, I really hate it. Mm -hmm. um, which one? Which one? <laughs> which one? <laughs> oh, it's third from the bottom. Opposition. Yeah. Yes. So yes. That, that position is there any point doing it if I feel really upset when I'm doing it. <laughs> you know that. You hear, you hear about it all the time. I, you, you seem to love it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Mum and Dad. Especially when the tears roll down your cheeks. I have cried about it. Oh my God. No. Um. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to enter any family discussion here. 
Actually, I do think it. we should train up some more people. Yeah. Would you like to train me on it? Oh, no. Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't want to pass the burden on. <laughs> like, if I, like, if, like, I literally, like, I don't want to be like, oh, no, that you do it because I know it sucks. Yeah. So it's like, I don't want to, like, like, uh-huh. Yeah, it's What a, 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 yeah, drop it. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, I tried to drop it. Like, I'm really firm with mum and dad. And then somehow <laughs> I got into it again. Like, somehow. <laughs> somehow I do it. You're taking it. That's why you end up coming up to help us. We don't have to put it on the You're in that wonderful generation where you're so techy. <laughs> the problem is that nobody else actually knows how to work it. Well, back then. Maybe we all need to have some training. I reckon totally train oh. someone else up because even Brad Keith always does sound. Yeah. And he was saying like it, he feels the same t- sometimes about it. Like he loves doing it to like be one with the church and like and do yeah. give his skill kind of thing. But like also it can be a bit of a burden on like yeah. every single Sunday him feeling responsible and then like and so he was just like, can some people put their hand up to do it? Yeah. And people did, and did then he's trained people up. I think so. Or the plan is that like there'll be like heaps more doing it. Hopefully, like yeah. But then like I think about, I don't see like dad complaining about the responsibility of preaching every Sunday. Or I don't see them complaining at home about. So are you are you thinking in your mind that this might be a little growth area in you? I mean, probably, honestly. <laughs> yeah, ask for grace. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, some thoughts. Yeah. Work we don't want that. you to do it every week. Yeah, look, neither. Yeah. I know I don't. Why do we get married? <laughs> yeah. Let's be fun. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Janine. Yes. Well, if someone's going to ask you, and there's lots of people out there that they're in this often. And I'm sure all of us in this room can still relate to a lot of these mindsets. How to get from this column to this column. <coughs> what would you say specifically? I know it's, all, it's always like seek God, but for someone who's like, I don't know what that means. How do I, how do I start? The only way. What Sarah was saying, how do I go from this column to that column? Yeah. Do I stop? Do I god on this do i keep going but i don't know i think it's the it's the old cliche answer if you want to know yourself as a son you've got to spend time with the father you 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 know it's Mm. just spending time um with the father being able to see him as your father um you, I don't think we personally can get ourselves from orphan to son. Sure. I think it's actually a working of, of the spirit. Mm. 
that moves us from orphan to son and I think it's just the, the constant spending time with a father because mm. you know when you spend time with a father you know you you know that you're a daughter you know it's that yeah. I know it's cliche and but it's the, it's the only answer I've got because sure. you, you can't work yourself in from orphan to son it's it's, a, it's like it's a, it's a spiritual thing happening in your life yeah. yeah, it's not like a natural thing. We got we want to do. We got to do natural things to get there. It's a spiritual working in your life, yeah. where where the truth is. You're waking up to the truth. You you're becoming alive to the truth that you're already there, that you're already a son. Mm-hmm. It's like the younger son who came back into the father's house. He was a orphan spirit when he left. But when he received his father's gifts, he came into his father's house and was a son. Um, so I don't think you can work. You can, I don't think you can move yourself from orphan to sonship naturally. It's a spiritual working in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that answers your question. No. Uh, you uh, sorry, how are you going to take it? Oh no, you go because I was just going to share with you my testimony about how. Oh, yeah, probably. That happened to me. There you go. Um, so, like, I've spent a lot of my Christian years in this kind of, um, like, a lot of this, like, um, motive, motive for service, like, just doing, 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 and very much um, theology was, like, love of the law, like, you just, Christianity looks like this, and, um, uh, you know, you've got to do certain things, you've got to attend certain things, you've got to live a certain way, like, very rigid kind of, um, legalistic way of um, knowing God but I actually as that went on over time I actually really came to the end of myself to the point where I thought like I don't am I even a Christian I don't even know if like I, I, I know I'm a Christian but I don't actually feel like um, I don't feel like a Christian and I, I got to the point where like I actually couldn't call God Father and that, when I realised that, that was like a real, like, there's something wrong here. Like, my whole Christian life is based on, like, a lot of doing and thinking I have to perform and all this kind of stuff. And it wasn't until I actually had a real revelation that my father, I saw God as my father actually hating the, the stuff, the religion that I was doing to try and get to him to keep myself saved, to perform, to um, hope that he was pleased with me. And that, that just broke that whole mm. thing. But it was almost like a coming to the end of myself in my religious um, ways of mm. doing things. Um, e- like eating from the pig's trough, so to speak. Yeah, like I, I would say, like I was an orphan in the palace, you know, like we're meant to be kings and in the palace and prince and princess, but I, I was an orphan. I, like, I was lost in the church, I would say. Um, you know, I could call, I could pray to God, I could talk about Jesus, but to actually call him Father, that I couldn't actually bring myself to say Father, like, to be, relate to him as a Father, and that, that was a real telltale sign that something's something wrong. is wrong, that I couldn't call him Father. And like I had a great earthly father, so it wasn't any kind of fatherhood kind of thing, but it was just this, um, just worn out completely by performance and 
all that kind of stuff. But that revelation, like the, this Holy Spirit moved me to the other side when I saw how much my performance, he, I saw him weeping over me trying to keep myself uh, pleasing in his sight. Like, yeah, and that, that just broke off all that stuff. Mm. Mm. Um, but it is a work of the Holy Spirit, I think, mm. to actually mm. really bring in such a revelation. Mm. Mm. To me, anyway. Because I, I was good, like I read on my Bible, do all the Christian things, but it, it, it was in order to please him. Mm. In case he, you know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's everyone agrees the work of the Holy Spirit. So I can imagine someone who's in this scenario being quite frustrated without being like, well, how do I get the Holy Spirit to do this work for me then? Mm-hmm. So do you think it's what you're saying, Hole, and maybe Jenny as well, is it that you just actually have to get to the end of yourself? Is that literally the only way to go from here to here? And then the Holy Spirit comes in and does all this spiritual transformation. Yeah, I think that's part of it. I think it's a part of the being in the pig pen and repenting. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. I think it's just like, you know what? I can't do this anymore. Yeah, I think Um, it's not even the trying to get to this. I think it's just realised, like, I'm done. Like, this is it. It's being honest before God to say, I'm still trying. Yeah. And I don't know how to stop trying. And the Father's going, yeah, you are. <laughs> you just need to let go, sweetie. <laughs> Next time. Karen, how did you get out of it? Oh, I wouldn't say I'm out of it. I just, I'm on a journey in yeah. the right direction. Okay. But um, it's such a, a pull for me to, to try and do something that it's, um, but yeah, like it's a dependence on God to say, I like I know I need God mm. to do it for me and with me. And um, the other night, I just had a decision to make, and I was just not able to do it. And I just said, "Lord, can you really father me in this?" And and He just kind of said to me, "Just read Martha and Mary." So um, as I was reading it, you probably know the passage, but. Um, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. So I love that she welcomed him into her home. Mm. Um, She had a sister called Mary who was seated at the Lord's feet. And uh, the word seated stood out to me, which remember when Jesus said in John's Gospel when he said, Mm. he he told them to sit down down. and then feed them. Mm. So it's like, you stop. I'll give you. Mm. You know, it's mm. that kind of repeated um, mm. just sit down and receive. Mm. Um, but Martha was distracted and that word came out like highlighted, distracted with all her preparations. Mm. So it's her preparations. Mm. Um, and she came sorry, and she came up to him and said Lord, do you not care? And again, Lord wasn't father. Lord do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary. 
for Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. And um, yeah, so I just felt God saying, you're distracted by many things, Karis. And it wasn't like he was angry. He was mm. just like, I want you to be free from this. Mm. So I'm like, okay, can you please show me what I'm distracted from? Mm. And can you help me just choose the one thing? Because I'm not very good at that. <laughs> and just um, mm. that you never move past that place. Mm. And it, yeah, it's not sitting and doing nothing and mm. having the whole day just sitting. It's just a heart that's Correction. speaking. That's yeah. That's just speaking mm. and open to him doing it for you and saying, I can't do anything to contribute to my righteousness. Mm. And I keep trying, so help me not be distracted by that. And mm. just sit at your feet. Mm. Yeah. So I think like, what helps me to now is, like, when I, before when I used to come to God, I would have, okay, I have to do I have to come to him and it has to be this way. Like I have to read this much of the Bible. Mm -hmm. I have to have my prayer list. I have to have, and this is how the relationship's going to work. But now when I come to him, it's just like, like, like a relationship. Like I would sit with Jules or you would sit with Amber, like, and you just sit and be with him and you speak and he speaks and you speak and he speaks and, or you both don't speak and you're just there with each other. But it, it's just a, mm. a, a, a flow, a two-way flow of relationship mm. for me now, not, not just performing religious mm. activity. I mean, you still read the Bible, you still do pray about things or talk, you know, talk to him about things. Um, I, I kind of just put down all my ways, if that makes sense, yeah, ways yeah. of trying. Mm. before like I feel like we're trained obviously not for you but like people listening would totally be thinking that I reckon I wouldn't think that but yeah. I feel like we're trained from like day dot in the world to emulate like I just feel like it's just ingrained into us is like if you see then you do and like then at school that's what we're taught I'll be a good kid or that's what naughty yeah. is don't yeah. do that and we're literally trained mm -hmm. to like see something and emulate it and there's not really much in life except what I find to be the best path that we actually just get for our own selves. And the reality is some, like hundreds of people have already learnt that or whatever, but when you just learn it, not from seeing someone else learn it and you just get it so much more special. Mm. And so I was just thinking like, um, possibly it's like a good step to start to move from here to here is like drop whatever you picture to be the perfect Christian or what Christianity looks like mm. and then just go learn it from God part by part rather than like yourself yeah, yeah. rather than living it out because you know what it looks like that's instead true. you just like and that's what I had to do I went through this weird phase where I was like I just don't know anything and it felt backwards <laughs> to go to like yeah. start at zero like I was like how can I not do all these good things I know are good but I had to because I was like I don't even know why I'm doing them like half these things I haven't had revelation on 
I just heard other people's revelation. Like, yeah, so yeah, and then you're just like copying and you know it's good, but that's the only reason you're doing it because you've seen it and you've seen it looks good and you're like, good Christian, good list, yeah, right? Yeah, don't be naughty kid, yeah. Tick, tick, So yeah, and then I just don't know much really at the moment, but I've got a couple things. I'm just working on them once and yeah. And they're so much better, I feel like, isn't it more special? Like when you got it for yourself mm-hmm. instead of like you just did it because you like it's still good mm. to like do things that you see people do. Like I trust all you guys, so when I hear your revelations, I trust mm. your relationships with God, and I go, yeah, I'm gonna also do that. But then for myself, like mm. sometimes I'll just see something go, oh, you should try this, and I'm like, oh, I don't really know many people who do that. Oh, really? Okay. And then like <laughs> you go kind of do it, and you're like, wow, this is so much cooler because it's like. From my own journey with you, yeah. not your revelation, all these yeah. yeah, me emulating what's mm, around me. It's yeah. good, yeah, yeah. What's well, awesome, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a very, very good father. He's the best father, and he will, he will, yeah, journey you on in your sonship foundation. Um, but it is an important foundation for us to really come from because. You know how I said last week about how when Jesus was baptized and heavens opened up and the father said to Jesus, you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. That foundation just was Jesus' foundation for everything that he did in ministry and life. And that's the foundation, you know, he wants us to have that we are beloved sons and daughters. Um, And once we have that foundation that, you know what, I am really loved my father loves me, it's very hard for the enemy to mess with you Mm. and try and rob from you. When you know that you are beloved and you don't have to prove yourself, you don't have to make yourself acceptable to others, it's very hard for the enemy to rob from you, that identity. Um, So um, you did the Prince and Pauper test. We'll just quickly finish off here. Um, I don't know if anyone did the Prince and Pauper test. Did anyone do it? Yep. Um, was there anything? Were you surprised with your result? Um, I don't have it here. Yeah. Um, was there anything that went, you went, oh, or wasn't really kind of like. Maybe the eating thing. That's eat. Like, like controlling like your, <laughs> eating, like your eating habits. Like, I was like, kind of. Yep. Anyway, that was just something for you to reflect on about seeing yourself as royalty in God's family, hey? Your royal identity? Yeah, I was definitely like, um, knew that I valued myself because like, I like, like having nice things for myself and like, I just wasn't like ashamed of Having nice things. Yeah, like in no. spending money and stuff for myself. Yeah. Because I was like, you weren't proud of myself. Mm. Not like proud of myself. But I was like thinking, <laughs> Jesus, that like I value myself. Like, yeah. And like I'm not, because like my heart like breaks when people, I don't yeah. think people value themselves. Like, what about that like, bottle of perfume that Mary had? Yeah. I mean, that was a year's wages. Yeah. How on earth did she get that in her house? <laughs> that perfume that she had was a year wage. Yeah, so how decadent was that perfume? That would have been design perfume, man, mm. that she spilled all over Jesus' feet. <laughs> so, 
Sorry. <laughs> 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 oh, sorry, Jason. <laughs> 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 they're all running